Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy, here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, pretty wonderful. Today is, say it with me, Friday. Woo! Happy Friday, everyone. March 25th. Uh, last Friday in March of 2022. Amazing. I just feel like it's going fast. Could be just me. Is it just me? Ah. So let's see. Uh, where are we with things? I feel like I'm still doing pretty well with the new plan of 2,000 words a day. Although, caveat, um, I did not hit my 2,000 yesterday. However, I'm still on track for the week, and I feel like it's still good. Um, I had a lot of distractions yesterday, and that was my own fault. I let myself get distracted. Um, alas. I think part of it was the new schedule, maybe oversleeping some. But also, I was taking my attention off of the writing and dealing with other things. Um, and I guess I could, there's no reason that I can't talk about it because one of the things we've been working towards for a very long time in CEFWA is changing the membership requirements. And in some ways, <clears throat> you could say that I've been working towards this. Hmm. For how long? Wait, I can find this date. Hold on. I know I don't have to tell you to hold on, but I tell you to hold on. Okay, I found it. I've been working on this for almost 10 years, since 2013. How do I know this? Because uh, I my very first science fiction short story was published in September of 2013. It was a story called Pearl which is no longer up for sale. And the reason it is not up for sale is because it does not have a happy ending. Um, although I love this story. But I talked about it with Grace at one point and felt like it was just not on brand for me because it doesn't have a happy ending. So I took it down. And I have this idea someday of expanding it in my spare time into a longer story with perhaps a happy ending. I don't know. I don't know if it would work. Sometimes I think about maybe I should just put it up again with the warning, but then it gives away the ending. I don't know. Let me know if you have thoughts. Anyway, um, it was very interesting. Um, so this is like you know, 2013, 2012, I don't have notes on when I first wrote it. I had to look up the publication date of it. Um, so I wrote this story. And up, up until then, I had been writing essays. And, well, that's not precisely true. Uh, I had written some other things. Wow, what's the order of this? 
Okay, I found it. This makes much more sense. I've been working on this since 2008. That's when Pearl was first published. Um, yeah, I wonder where these folks are now. So anyway, that makes much more sense because I knew that I had started shopping my fantasy romance novel, Rogue's Pawn, the book that became Rogue's Pawn, <clears throat> in about 2007. Uh, so, but I had written this story first. I know it was the first science fiction story I ever wrote. And then the fantasy romance novel I started writing later, but you know how these things go with trying to get them published. So this was back in the day of sending out, um, well, it wasn't paper submissions. It was via email. <clears throat> Excuse me. But email was funkier then. It was not as seamless. I don't even remember what system I used. Was it Outlook already by then? I know I was using WordPerfect, so I wasn't using Microsoft. Anyway, that part doesn't matter. But <clears throat> I did have my website. I'd had my website since, um, oh, like 95. I built my first website myself. Um, but, you know, from my first publications and so forth. So anyway, I was always multiple submissions gal. Uh, I've been a believer of that from the beginning. Uh, I've never thought that. I've always thought that that was uh, bad for the right. It's it's in favor of the publication. Uh, I even got in an argument with an editor once, but I have um, I would have a rule that, and this was my ping pong rule. I've talked about it before uh, because I sent out lots of essays and short stories, and I would have everything out at three places at a time. And as soon as a rejection came in, I would treat it like ping pong and pop that one back out. I'd have it all ready to go, like where I was going to send it next. So always at three places. And I kept track of this on spreadsheets. I was using Excel. So I would be ready to go with, you know, like the next place, but I would also track like how long a place it had it. Right. So, and here I was terribly newbie writer. I didn't know much about the science fiction fantasy community. Um, I didn't have any friends who were writing in that world. Um, so, you know, now I know more <laughs> than I did then, but I had the story out Pearl to uh, a magazine called Abyss and Apex. And I also had it to a place called Eon, A-E-O-N. And Eon accepted the story. Cue rejoicing. And I contacted Abyss and Apex. And I, you know, emailed them and said, you know, and, and this is what I did all the time when I would have something accepted is I would contact the other places that had it. And I would say, you know, this has been accepted by this other magazine. Um, you know, wanted to let you know, can you tell me, tell me the status um, of yours because then I would like if a couple places accepted it I would pick which one I wanted because the power lay with me then right and I think actually I'm going to modify this a little bit 
on Abyssa and Apex, I had inquired much earlier. Yes, because they'd had it for a while and they had said, let us check. Let's let me check on it. And then never got, they replied then, but then never got back to me again. So when Eon, this is right. Then when Eon accepted, I set my standard, uh, you know, this has been accepted elsewhere, so I have to withdraw it, which is how I got in an argument with this one editor at a literary magazine at a university because I sent her my, you know, sorry, this has been accepted elsewhere. I have to withdraw it. Notice. And she wrote back and she said, well, you know, we don't condone simultaneous submissions and you shouldn't have done that. And I wrote her back and I explained, I said, you know, having that policy, uh, makes the assumption that your time is more valuable than my time. And he said, and it's not fair to writers. This is a, a predatory practice. If you know, publishers, even then you guys, maybe Jeffy, I was, you know, fighting for this kind of thing, but you know, I was also working I, a job as an environmental consultant and, you know, it was, I knew what fair business practices were. So she, wrote me back and she said, you know, I never thought of it that way. We're changing our policy. Yeah. So Jeffy fighting for uh, writer's rights way back when. So, and then she ended up publishing one of my essays the following year. So, you know, it always works to communicate with people. Don't burn those bridges, stand up for yourself. All of these wonderful take home tales. So anyway, Eon publishes my story. And they are, you know, it wasn't too rousing response. But, you know, we also, 2008, we barely had social media. I think I joined Facebook in 2009. I'm pretty sure I, my Twitter was 2009. So you just didn't know back then. And that was, that was a good and bad thing. You know, sometimes you knew how, you know, I don't know. You wouldn't get the same, you didn't have the same sense of whether or not something had been received. Uh, but then one day I get this email saying uh, from Abyss and Apex, uh, kind of blistering email from this editor accusing me of playing her false. And she's like, you double published the story. You published it in Abyss and Apex and Eon at the same time. So it turns out Abyss and Apex had published my story without telling me. I'm serious. Reader, I, I mean, it's amazing. And it's not the only time this happened to me. It happened to me with another magazine, too. They'd never sent me a contract. They'd never sent me edits. They published it. Um, and it had gotten a great review, <laughs> unfortunately. And actually, I it might have been Eon who contacted me about it saying, what the hell, why is this also in Abyss and Apex who also had not paid me? I mean, all of these things. And I was like, I know nothing about this. So the editors thrashed it out between themselves. And it turned out that the editor at, a, at Abyss and Apex was, you know, horribly chagrined and embarrassed and said that she'd had a breast cancer scare and this had fallen through the cracks. And I don't know. I mean, how could, They've not corresponded with me ever. Well, so what it turned out was that I had contacted them with an email address that during this long time that they had had it, had gone defunct. And they had like sent the contract to that old email address. I never got it. I never responded. Um, <laughs> and 
So that was how it happened. When I told my friend Kelly Robson this story, uh, she who knows far more about publishing short fiction, she was like, wow, that's really unfortunate because apparently Abyss and Apex had a much higher profile. This is ending up being a very long story. But, you know, Eon at least <laughs> corresponded with me. I don't know. So anyway, uh, Eon was not on the list of CIFWA's approved markets. So CIFWA has had this thing forever where they have this list of publications that pay professional rates and are their approved markets. And you could qualify for membership if you sold a certain number of works to an approved market. So I had, Eon was not on this list, a bits and apex was, which is partly why Kelly says that. So there was this thing on the CIFWA website because I wanted to be a member, right? Here I have my science fiction story. I was already a member of RWA. And I contacted the office, as it said to do, about getting my market added. Nobody ever replied to me. It was very frustrating. And I wasn't able to join CEFWA until like 2013 or 2014 uh, when I sold my first three book deal. So for me, for a very long time, um, I have not liked how CIFWA handles their membership requirements. And this has been, um, you know, like I was added to the short fiction committee and I was like, why am I on this committee when I first joined? And they said, well, because you were mad about that whole thing with Eon. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but by then I was writing all novels and I felt like I didn't have a lot to say about short fiction. Um, so anyway, this has been an effort for a very long time. And yesterday we sent out the email with, we had a big bylaws vote. We changed the membership requirements. This is something that started with Kat Rambo's presidency when I was first on the board of directors and Kat wanted us to be able to admit, um, game writers and we started talking about how to admit comics writers and graphic novelists. And the problem is, is that all of CIFWA's membership requirements were predicated on word count. Like you had these different categories and myriad categories for, you know, like if you had a piece that was this long and how much you got paid per word for that. And for a long time, um, you know, like the flash fiction writers were very upset because they would get paid plenty, but their word count wasn't enough to qualify. So then when we started looking at membership qualifications for game writers, you know, where they might not have that much actual prose, it got murkier. And then when we started looking at for comics books writers and graphic novelists, you know, they might have very, very few words and they might be in like little speech bubbles. And how do we count that? Uh, we had also had these sort of archaic rules in there about the English language requirements. And, you know, we're supposed to be an international organization. And why are we talking entirely about English language? And so by the time Mary Robinette Kowal was in office, 
we'd really come up hard against the comic books and graphic novelists thing because she really wanted to get them admitted to the organization. And, and the figuring out how to fit them into the mem- membership requirements was just incredibly sticky. So she said, okay, we're going to do a two-hour work session. And all of us who were invested in this, and I don't know, there were maybe six, eight of us on this call. And we got on Zoom, and this is a couple of years ago now, and we decided to thrash this out. You know, and so it's like, okay, we're going to finish this call. We're going to, if we have to be here the whole time, if we have to go long, we will. And we're going to figure out how can we do this. And we ended up coming up with this incredibly, dare I say, elegantly simple solution where we changed the requirements to be based on the catalog of work. And so now in order to be a full member, if you have made a thousand dollars from your catalog of work then you meet the membership requirements it doesn't matter how long the work is it doesn't matter in what medium the work is produced if you've made a thousand dollars you're in um associate is a hundred dollars and <laughs> You know, and it's funny, and something that we did in tandem with this was we were changing that whole qualifying markets list, which is a big change for people um, and applies very much to those short fiction markets. And what we're doing instead is we've created a market scorecard where we go through um, the different publications and we give them basically a grade. So it's a, it's a big change. It's a big change within the community and a big change for us. And I feel like it's an enormously positive one. Um, but yesterday there were a lot of questions and I was kept going and answering them. I felt like I needed to. Uh, I had to go to Mary Robinette because we hit one snag and I was like, do you remember why we did this? And so I was texting with her later in the day. And I said, I can't believe there's so many questions because people are like, well, what about poetry? And what about this? And what if I do X, Y, Z? And I mean, a lot of them were good questions, but it's like so many questions. And Mary Robinette was like, you don't have to answer them all. (laughs) I was like, I know, but... So anyway, I got distracted yesterday. That was all a very long way of saying that. But I'm hugely happy about this um, achievement. I'm really happy to have gotten this out there. It's very funny because when we put together the press release on this, our communications director um, took out, I put in a thing about acknowledging Kat Rambo and Mary Robinette Kowal on their contributions as the administration on this. And they, um, (laughs) she wanted to take it out. And I said, no, I think it's really important because we've been working on this a long time. I want people to know that we didn't just make this a spur of the moment decision. And I also want to acknowledge the, their leadership on this. And yesterday I saw this tweet where somebody thanked, um, Kat and Mary Robinette for, making it possible for them to join. And Kat very graciously said, don't forget current president, Jeffy Kennedy. And the gal just liked it. She didn't like, I thought it would have been nice of her to reply. Cause I said, thanks Kat. You know, I thought it would have been nice of her to reply and be like, Oh my bad. I thank you too, Jeffy. But no, she didn't. So I guess I'm, I'm chopped liver. <laughs> uh, funny how those things work, isn't it? But 
yeah, it, it's a big accomplishment. A lot of people worked on this who have not gotten acknowledged. And I'm super excited, super excited to, um, to sort of open these gates that were very rusty and creaky and did not work well. It's also going to be a huge uh, benefit to our staff. That's going to be much, much easier for them to review membership so that there will not be um, newbie writers out there whose emails are never replied to again. Oh, that's the angel singing. On that note, I'm going to go. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you on Monday. You all take care. Bye-bye.